Yo, what's up? Uh, I'm Will Thompson, and I hope you're all having a lovely apocalypse or whatever the fuck it is. I'm going to be doing a podcast probably regularly. I'm that I'm that guy. I'm that middle-aged white guy who set up the podcast during the fucking pandemic. But I've just asked my followers for like their favorite jokes, their funniest stories, all that kind of shit. So I'm going to kick straight off in order of receiving this is by the way. So if you're waiting to hear yourself, you're in here somewhere. So episode one, this is from Gainzilla Kirby or my friend Andy. So I lost my virginity to a Peter Rabbit shampoo bottle head as a baby. <laughs> my parents let me undo the lid, which was Peter Rabbit's head. That baby dick violated its throat hole. Weirdly, I'd still probably fit into it as a 28-year-old man. To which I replied, legendary, ha 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 Also, shit myself on the way to buy my house. Had to get changed in a scout hut car park and yeet my shitty boxes out the window. Thug life. Worst bit about it was we were in such a rush. Bruv, I had to dash into Sainsbury's to buy the bookiest underwear and they only had bootcut jeans. Fully debated walking around with shit-filled boxes rather than wearing bootcut. Also, wiping your ring piece on a tea towel and leather seat wipes is so peak. They asked me if I wanted to take a seat to sign the paperwork. I could feel my cheeks raw as fuck, touched the chair through those boot-cut jeans and I almost died. Then in another message, also shit myself when I was really high, went to the work van, bent over and it fucking ran down my leg into my boot. Note to self, IBS, weed and spicy foods don't go. So thanks Andy, really like that. That's the only one I've actually read in my head so far so i've got 20 something fucking messages on my beacon of hope email and i've read none of them so if some are shit i'm sorry if they're funny good so alfie lambert my boy okay this is a joke so a poor man reads a, a poor man meets a rich man around christmas the poor man asks the rich man what are you getting your wife for Christmas? The rich man replies, diamond earrings and a Mercedes. The poor man asks, why are you getting her two gifts? The rich man says, well, if she doesn't like the earrings, then she can drive to the shop and exchange them. The poor man nods. Then the rich man asks him, so what are you getting your wife this year? The poor man thinks about it for a second and replies, a pair of slippers and a dildo. The rich man asks, why those two things? And the poor man responds, this way, if she doesn't like the slippers, she can go fuck herself. <laughs> well done, Alf. Proud of you, mate. Right, got another joke from Harriet Heath, fucking top tattooer. What do you call the bottom of a donkey's foot? An ass soul. Wow. Wow. I'm disappointed in you and your performance today. I'm sorry. But yeah, it was all right. Um, okay, we've got a first story. A lot of these stories seem to be about fucking people shitting themselves. I'm not going to lie, man. I got up on an off chance, like, maybe if you've got a story about you shitting your pants. And then the fucking emails come flooding in. So this is from James Southgate. Yo, I have this story saved and regularly send it out to people. Is it so good? 
Well, that's fucking long. James, if this is shit and you've got this saved and you send this out to people regularly, as soon as this quarantine's over, I'm coming for your mother. So, this is a story about my mate Jamie and a predicament he got himself into while attending a civilised middle-class suburban summer barbecue with his wife in the picturesque garden village of their friend's home. Fucking hell, James, you've written this like... Fucking... I don't know, who's a... can't think of any authors. J.K. Rowling. (laughs) Right, so the day played out as you'd expect. Various tasty meat treats being washed down with cold beers and strong cocktails while everyone caught up and had a laugh, etc. But as the evening set in, one fateful decision would set Jamie on a trajectory from which there was no way back. In his trademark, laid-back and collected manner, Jamie trusted what he believed to be a bog-standard fart, destined to drift anonymously away with the warm summer breeze, bread and butter stuff. (laughs) Mate, you've written this like a fucking... I'm into it. I've got a chubs. I've got a semi on right now reading this. In the process of easing it out, he unwittingly squirted a, a jet of hot slurry into his pants. Understandably, he became awash with panic, pale and sweating. Jamie hobbled to the bathroom as quickly yet casually as he could to begin what he already knew would be an extensive clean-up operation. In the safe confines of the bathroom, Jamie wiped his bum, his, I love the word bum, wiped his bum as best he could before inspecting the heinous ruins of his underpants, caked beyond salvation. He now faced a dilemma. (laughs) Where to dispose of the evidence? He certainly wasn't going to put them back on and stuff. Oh, or stuff them into his pocket. So he scoured the bathroom for a solution. Perfect, he thought, as he spotted the wooden panel on the side of the bath, behind which he promptly stuffed his shitty pants. Concealing the dirty underwear here brought Jamie some much-needed thinking time. He got up, buttoned up his trousers, and opened the bathroom door to find a rather distressed-looking female friend of his stood outside. It dawned on him at this point that in his panicked state he had forgotten to lock the door behind him on the way in. God knows if or what she saw, but she has never quite been the same, carrying the haunted mask of a Vietnam vet ever since. (laughs) Anyway... He went back down to the garden and rejoined the pleasantries, trying his best to act naturally while figuring out what he could do to get the soiled boxes he had stashed in the bathroom out of his life forever. Around an hour later, he had his eureka moment. He legs it back upstairs to the crime scene, slides the panel back, pulls the pants out and heads over to the window. You guessed it, new paragraph. In order to avoid splattering the undies on the driveway or someone's head, Jamie had to get enough distance to throw them, oh, on the throw, to get the balled up shit bomb onto the street, and at enough of an angle on the throw to send them far enough down the road where nobody would suspect a thing. As an accomplished sportsman, he lands a perfect throw and is overcome with relief, thinking he'll never see those cursed pants again. (laughs) Fresh and relaxed, Jamie rejoins the party and carries on enjoying his evening, blissfully unaware that his suffering isn't over yet. Later that evening, a drunken Jamie helps his wife into their cab, and as they set off, she notices something has got caught on her heel, and it's not toilet paper. That's right, the steady flow of evening traffic had dragged the smelly rags back down the street, and she'd inadvertently picked them up as she stumbled into the taxi. 
Jamie never came clean, in brackets, so to speak, <laughs> despite the familiar look of the offending garment, and to this day his poor wife is known as Pooshu, James Southgate, Lauren's brother-in-law. Mate, I'm actually annoyed that I started on this story because you wrote this like a fucking... Like like an A level creative writing exam piece. It's a masterpiece. That was so right. Well done. Probably all downhill from here now, isn't it? Oh no. Next subject, Brian Turner. Subject wet shit after one night stand. Oh, it's quite a long one as well. Here we go. This is from my guy Brian. Absolute legend. Big guy. Well, I could still fuck him up in a fight, but whatever. Right, my husband. This one ain't written like like a creative writing piece. This is like bullet points almost. Went to my cousin's thirtieth. Got bored. Text a bird I'd been chatting to and went to meet her. We uh, spent the night in a strip club drinking JDs and went back to hers. Give it a decent C and D. Full stop. In the morning, I went to the loo with a hard on, and as I angled my hips backwards to aim my piss into the toilet, I noticed a brownish liquid on the floor between my feet. Like someone had split a third of an oh someone had spilled a third of an espresso onto white tiles. <laughs> I then saw a drip and realised it was coming from me and I couldn't even feel it coming out. I then felt it run down my leg and by this point it was like a full twelve ounce latte had spilled on the floor. Because <laughs> I was still pissing like a powerful horse, I started throwing bog roll onto the spillage slash drippage to soak it up, and when I finished pissing, just chucked the loo roll in the toilet. Well, her water pressure was shit. Shitter than her shitty floor. <laughs> and it didn't flush, just fucking blocked up. So I washed my hands, wet my face and hair, placed a fresh loo roll over the top so you couldn't see the brown tinge that left the toilet. I then came up with a cunning plan to not lie to her, but I also explained I'd blocked her bog before she found it. So I got back into bed and said to her, I didn't shit in your toilet in brackets, which wasn't a lie, to be fucking fair, yeah, it wasn't, but I, but, <laughs> but I made a watery mess on your floor, in brackets, which I did, and I used too much loo roll cleaning it up and your bog's blocked. She could see I'd washed my face and wet my hair, and must have assumed the watery mess was from the sink and not my stink. However, because I'd blocked her loo, I didn't get to empty my wet bowels after the little leakage, and I was scared to fuck her again in case I shit in her bed. So I left shortly after, and when I got home it was quite possibly the weirdest wet shit I've ever had. Literally, no movement of any muscles whatsoever. Come out of me in a powerful stream like a piss from my bum. Was pretty odd. Dot, dot, dot. Thanks, Brian. That was fucking beautiful, mate. Right. Mate, it's another shit one. This one's from Jack Adams. And it's, it's, uh, the subject is, hold my hands up on this one. So I assume that no one knows about this story yet. So if you know Jack Adams, he's probably fucking shat in your house by the sounds of the title. Hey man, shit times at the moment, but someone with the amount of, oh, this is just, he's being nice. I don't even want to read that. I, yeah, I'll suck your dick, Jack. I'll do that. This is my story of what is possibly the most awkward situation I've ever been in. 100% a true story, sadly. It happened on a lovely spring day in April 2018, and my now fiancé 
and a couple of our good friends. Glad to say they're still friends, even after my behaviour. Whilst queuing for Spinball Wizard at Autumn Towers sounds like a fucking bad start. I would evacuate all holes on that, probably even my dick hole. Um, a young boy and his father were waiting in front of us. The boy was playing one of the games designed for when you're waiting for the ride, which made a noise each time he pressed this large red button, much to his father's dismay. Me, being the hilariously charming bastard that I am, decided that it would be a great idea to make a joke to help the father out. As he was looking more and more exacerbated at every push of the big red button. I've heard that if you push that button more than ten times your finger will fall off, I said to the boy, giving a wry smile to the father, to which he acknowledged with a grateful yet slightly awkward nod. At that moment the boy turned around, revealing the arm that he was pressing the button with, which was missing a hand. Fucking hell. We stood in that queue for another half an hour, but it felt like a hundred. Right, that's from fucking Jack Adams with a four for the A, if you want to reference it. I do, Jack. And I think people should DM Jack and tell him he's a fucking... He's a bully. I like that story though, well done. Okay, that wasn't even about shitting. Well done. But this next one is... This is from Andy Hill and it's called Podcast Shit Story. Oh, it's quite a long one as well. Let me rearrange myself. Right. A few years ago, after a big night out on the beers, some badly cooked takeaway food and indulging in ever slightly too much cocaine... I found my way back to a cosy night's sleep on my mate's couch. The next day, everyone's writing this very well. I'm very impressed with everyone's education and grammar, apart from fucking Brian's was dog shit. I kind of fluffed that one up a bit. So anyway, the next day we had a nice sit round his flat, chatting shit. But then all of a sudden there was a simultaneous dual rumble in the lower gut. We both felt it. Stared at each other in sudden silent panic then got up and bolted to the toilet. I beat him there by mere seconds and slammed the door quickly behind me, locking it before diving down on the toilet and almost immediately blasting a downward fountain of shit out my asshole. Unfortunately, he also had the same issue and there was only one toilet in the gaff. There was no countering nature's call at this point, so he grabbed a knife from the kitchen and picked the bathroom lock open. He booted the door in, and firmly looked at the state of me dropping my guts with a look of sheer horror before telling me to fucking move. <laughs> I was halfway through experiencing what could only be described as the most unpleasant, explosively violent fucking diarrhoea I've ever experienced in my life, so I looked back at him and explained bluntly that that wasn't going to happen. He asked me again, and I gave the same answer, so with no other option available, he pulled down his trousers, hopped up and plopped his ass into the sink, then with absolutely no hesitation, emptied what seemed like his entire body's contents into it. I've had that before many a time. Sadly for all involved, his positioning on the sink was a bit off, and half of his stinky deposit went all over the bathroom and down his trousers, which was stuck fast around his ankles in his panic to get his ass in a safe spot. There was a thick black pungent shit everywhere, and the smell of this accidental double team, along with the sight of the shit all over the sink and the floor, made the pair of us start retching violently. My friend then jumped down, turned around and vomited straight into the shit-filled sink, the sight of which made me stand and throw up violently into the poor toilet bowl I'd been sat on for this entire ordeal. 
I've never forgot the sight of that bathroom covered in shit, puke, and sheer disappointment. The smell was unlike anything I've ever experienced before or since, and the bathroom took about three hours of jet washing and deep cleaning to get remotely back to normal afterwards. Throughout this whole absolute write-off of a situation, the pair of us were fucking crying with uncontrollable laughter, and now, even ten years on, nothing I've encountered in my life has ever been that unexpectedly stupid and hilarious. I like that, Andy. That was fun. I like it when you get a moment and nothing is ever as funny as that again. I've got a couple of them. But I tell them and it's just not funny because it's things like people falling over on a bus or something. So, okay. This one is from a man I know, but it started with... Well, the subject is date. So I assume it's a dating story. But the first line of this email is, for the sake of this story, please don't mention my name. Cheers, man. Okay, so I'm going to call this guy fucking Dave. Oh, mate, this is like a fucking novella. It was a Thursday. My boss left work at 3 p.m. We closed at 6 to 6.30 p.m. And I had a first date organised for 8 p.m. As my boss has left, myself and another colleague decided to get the tins of beer and a bit of sniffing. I mean, your boss leaves work at 3pm. It's a bad start, man. Very bad start. We went the next four hours getting absolutely battered and got through a decent amount of gear. At 7, I remember that I had this date and it was far too late to cancel, so I decided to get myself to the pub already smashed. Mate, I've seen you once outside of tattooing you and you were fucking trashed then as well. So... At least you're consistent. I get there in time and order myself another beer and her gin and tonic. Still wearing my work suit and sweating my tits off due to the brisk walk to the pub, being pissed up, on gear and a big fat gun. <laughs> I like that. She arrives. Can immediately tell that I'm worse for wear but sits down. Makes pleasantries, etc. She asks me my full name, where I work and street I live on. This confuses me so I ask why. Oh, I'm just telling my friends in case you're a murderer. To which I respond, Ah, no, there's no need to worry, I'm only a rapist. <laughs> Fucking hell, Dave, in speech marks. This goes down an absolute treat. She's taken a sip on a drink and chokes on it. Found it hilarious. Just remember that this woman laughed at a rape joke. Okay, fair play. About 30 to 40 minutes pass, and things are going well. I'm, I'm managing to keep myself relatively composed, and then making her laugh. The conversation gets on to what she does for a living, etc. Turns out she works for a charity that deals with domestically abused women. I asked questions, an empathetic, etc., etc. You know, all the normal human responses to that news. After maybe five minutes of talking to her about work, in brackets, very fucking boring, with my confidence buoyed by previous jokes landing, including the aforementioned rape joke, I decided to ask, yeah, but have any of them ever deserved it? Fucking hell, mate. You could have heard a fucking pin drop, yeah. I don't doubt that. I have a loud voice and there was a couple on the table next to us. Even the bloke on that table laughed and then winced at my joke. My date, on the other hand, faced like thunder. She'd gone from enthusiastic, smiley, conversational young woman to having hated... Oh, to having hatred-filled eyes. Now, at this point, I had two options. A, apologise or move on. Or B, 
double down on the joke. Oh my god. This is probably going to get bad, and I'm sorry in advance. No wonder you didn't want your fucking name said. I obviously chose the latter, of course. There was a 20 to 30 second silent gap between my last joke and the following sentence. So, do you have a website where you can browse the abused women and pick out your next partner? (laughs) A bit like the Dogs Trust website. Wow. Again, the man at the table laughed and made an audible wince. Oofed. My date, on the other hand, just stood up and fucked off without a single word, not even a goodbye. Personally, I think I'm the hero in this story, and she's the cunt, because who the fuck can laugh at a rape joke, but not a bit of light-hearted domestic abuse? I'd love to hear your thoughts, Mr. Thompson. Uh, oh, there you go, it says, actually, fuck it, use my name if you like. This is from Miles Tarbox, who has a tattoo of a duck on his thigh, and his Instagram is Miles box if any ladies are offended out there send him some fucking love man uh i i don't think you do want to hear my thoughts miles i mean it's fucking it's funny but also i can't say i enjoyed it too much because i did really but you know i've got to pretend i'm professional for a bit you know so thanks miles that's great uh, here's another one that's, so, this is a friend of mine who wants to with withhold her, uh, her name, and this probably isn't even the story, okay, yeah, this isn't the one, but last time I saw her, and you, if you're listening, because you probably are, last time I saw you, you shat your fucking, you shat your denim booty shorts in the car, in your car, on your fucking seats that aren't leather, and then had to get like a bucket of water and a hose and wet your seat so much that the shit came out of it, didn't you? Remind me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's why you were late to the pub. But anyway, this is from an anonymous woman who I won't name unless someone DMs me and asks me who she is and I'll tell everyone. I thought I needed to fart full stop, then there's like 20 fucking sentence breaks here. I had a rough stomach for a couple of days, but I've had IBD as long as I can remember, so assumed it was like any other day. Fuck, I was wrong. Yeah, mate, it sounds like you anyway. So, my best mate at the time called and needed a favour. Her little brother needed picking up from school and dropping home. In brackets, her mum had a meeting and she wasn't available, whatever. Cool, pointless brackets. So I agreed. I got about five minutes away from the school and I approached a roundabout slowed down obviously and i remember as i put my foot down this my stomach made the loudest noise and fucking bubbled and i was like rah okay i farted as i entered the roundabout thinking absolutely nothing of it singing my heart out with force i might add i'm off the roundabout and a bit down the road now and i'm thinking why does that still feel warm mate how long here's a little question dm me your answers how long is a fart allowed to feel warm for after you've done it? I would say almost immediately after evacuation, it shouldn't be warm. So anyway, why does that still feel warm? Immediately notice the heated seats ain't on and throw my hand between my legs. 100% sure I haven't shit myself age 23, but nah, I had. And now, not only had it leaked out my shorts into my seat, it was all over my hand 
but I had acrylic nails on and it was embedded under my nails and I'm about to go to collect a disabled child who's younger than 10 who's not my child from school and I have to get out and speak to his teachers. Shit. I want to know where that went afterwards. That might even be that might even be the day that you came to the pub and you told me you shut your fucking chair. Either that or your car's just having a bad fucking time, man. You gotta look after this. Just constantly fucking abusing your car seats. <laughs> right. Um Right. This one is called Shitty Podcast Story from Oliver Horner. This is underlined. That time I shat myself in infant school. Cool. The year was 1997 and I was five years old. The Smurfs Go Pop set was my main bop. Life was good. I like the setting in this already. I like it. Also, what? A, this is another story about shit. We're 25 minutes in and everyone's just shit in their fucking drawers, man. So anyway, it was a sunny winter's day at Balfour Infant School in Brighton. We're getting all the gossip here. If anyone went to Balfour Infant School in Brighton with Oliver Horner, chances are he shat himself. We're getting to it, though. I can't really remember why I did, but I fully shat myself in the playground. There you go. Also, I've got a question here. Of I can't remember... I can't really remember why I did. You're making it sound like you had the option to not fully shit yourself in the playground. Which is... Interesting, I guess. So anyway, up until then, the last time I did that much poo was in my shed, which I'd blamed on foxes that regularly visited our garden. (laughs) Mate, kids come up with the wildest excuses for shitting everywhere and their parents blatantly know that that was not a fox shit. My parents didn't buy it and were rightfully very fucked off, so naturally I was too scared of asking the teacher for assistance. For some reason... Five-year-old me didn't think of using the bathroom. Five-year-old me had a much better plan. What did every five-year-old schoolboy in 1997 have equipped at all times? That's right, a matching Batman beanie and glove set. Call me fucking Bear Grylls, mate. (laughs) Back against the brick wall by the stairs leading to the lower playground, I said my goodbyes and removed one glove from my hand and began cleaning up. I scooped the poop out and wiped it onto the bricks behind me. I repeated this scoop-wipe process until suddenly two friends appeared asking me if I wanted to play at the bottom of the playground. I declined and said I was happy where I was, and off they went. As they passed, one turned around and started sniffing the air. Surely I'd just been caught red, in brackets, brown-handed. I was preparing my excuses as my friend continued to sniff, but luckily a football was kicked to our playground by students at the nearby Dorothy Stringer High School. The football created enough of a distraction to allow me to discard the gloves in in a nearby bush. (laughs) When the fuss was over, my friend turned back to me and said, Core, smells like them stringers are eating dog food. Anyway, it's a bit blurry from there. But the same day, I went on to do a school play and went to a friend's house for dinner, all with shit in my pants. Mate, this isn't even the... Oh, wait... How would no one suss me that entire day is outrageous until my mum picked me up and quote, you're walking funny like you proper shit yourself. Moral, don't yell at your kids for shitting in a shed because one day they might go and wipe their ass with gloves in a playground. <laughs> that story had it all. It had a nice moral, it had a nice end. 
But guaranteed, when you were doing that play, and when you went to your friend's house for dinner, as soon as you left, your friend's mum said to your friend's dad, fucking Ollie shat himself, and he and he's just gone, yeah. Because you can't hide that. So thanks, mate. Right. Um, okay. So there's a message from Joe Brinkley. But it's a personal message. Joe, I appreciate that. And you're a nice, you're a real nice dude. And I hope you're okay, man. Uh, this is from somebody called Sarah QZ. Funny joke for podcast. Maybe this one isn't about shit. We'll see. So, my life is a joke. Here's the story of my first and only kiss. We can unpack the reason for that later in another episode. Wait, so you've you've only had one kiss? Okay, so we start at freshman year of uni. It was winter break and I was bored as hell at home, so I agreed to hang with this random 27-year-old Irish man from the internet because he offered me... Oh, he offered to bring me Irish candy and I'm a fat pig and my diabetes is life-calling. Mate... That's literally like the first thing you learn in school is not to take sweets off a stranger. <laughs> but okay. I'm American, by the way, which should, I'm not. This girl is. I'm American, by the way, which should explain that bit. Anyways, I meet this man at a popular lake trail near my house. I was kind of hoping he'd pull up in a white van with tinted windows, but he didn't. Anyways, we walk and talk about growing up in Ireland versus the States. I'm thinking in my head, Man, I'd love to be homies with this dude. His life seems lit. Like he deadass grew up on a rural Irish farm. Meanwhile, I grew up on stolen land under the Bush administration. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a bummer. Like, bro, this man can add some culture into my dull American life. Like, what the fuck do I have here in the States besides the right to make myself look like a dickhead by carrying? Well, yeah, it's true. If you're American and listening to this, you've actually got nothing besides the right to make yourself look like a dickhead by carrying. That's beside the point. Back to my story. This man is 27 and never came off as a creep, so I assumed the whole time that he just wanted to be homies. The whole convo was pretty chill and homie-based too. I don't know what a homie-based... In England, we've got a place called Home Base. It's like a... Like a hardware store. So, maybe you weren't talking about hammers but when he got to the end of the lake trail and said bye and this man went in for a kiss he kisses me on the lips and i freeze up like bro that is disgusting he's 27 and i'm 18 i go to my car in absolute shame and disgust that was my first kiss bro like what the fuck i literally got kissed by a pedophilic leprechaun and got lured in by candy fuck my life yeah sarah like don't don't go for dudes that are offering to bring you candy somewhere that's not close to home. Or even if even if a dude comes to your yard and is like, I've got Irish candy. Irish candy even sounds like a fucking euphemism for some kind of paedophile situation, man. Well, I hope it's gotten better since then. Oh my God. It's fucking Jordan Childs. So, my friend Jordan Childs owns a cult tattoo in Worthing, and he's, like, one of the funniest fucking people I know. 
I've not read this yet, so I don't know what it's going to be. It's just titled Podcast. So, Jordan, if you're listening, mate, it's better be fucking good. Once my parents were away for the day and asked me to walk the dog and to promise not to fuck it up, not get distracted, I first read that out of my, like, line of sight as, and promise not to fuck it. And I was thinking, how can you make such a harsh promise? Anyway... After completely forgetting and getting day drunk in Brighton, I saw someone walking a rat dog like my mum has. Fuck, fuck, I need to go to Littlehampton and walk the rat. So I'm half cut running for the train and stop at Trafalgar Wines to get some journey juice. A four pack of Dragon Stout, good choice, good choice. Just managed to get on the Rattler at the station and realise it's a square train with no pisser. Drink all of the beers anyway and by the time I'm at Littlehampton my dick is literally fizzing for a piss. It's like 4pm and sunny, so I try to go to the toilet at the station, but it's locked. No problem. I'll duck down an alley and whiz. It's a fucking carnival. Families and kids everywhere, and I don't want to go on the nonce list. (laughs) It's just before you went on the nonce list then. Because didn't that whole thing happen when you picked up Nora from school? Anyway, so I'm running almost crying to my folks' house. I didn't want to be Mr. Pissy Pants. <laughs> I get to my rents and put the key in the door and wiggle it. By now I'm convulsing, my bladder's the size of Bogner Regis. I snap the key in the door and piss myself fully, cream chinos filling up with piss, gallons of fetid gouge pouring out of me. <laughs> my parents and grandmother come to the unlocked door, having been in all the time. You fucking daft wanker. End scene. Mate, every... I read this as one thing, yeah, but if you could see the way Jordan had written his email, every single sentence in this is a different paragraph, so I would really have liked to have heard him tell the story, because he would have waited for a laugh between each paragraph, because that's what he does, and I would have laughed between each paragraph, so well done, mate. So, this one is from Niall Blunden. I nearly read your name is Neil, then. And it's just called Shit Story. One night, I was out in Brighton, got absolutely wasted, went back to my sister's house and went to bed. I woke up during the night, but I wasn't fully awake. I decided to go outside and take a massive shit on a busy street and then go back inside and wash my hands in the bathroom. The next morning, I had to pick it all up, and all I felt was shame and a bad hangover. Regards. That's quite bad, man. I've done a shit in the street once, but I wasn't drunk. I was a kid, and I think kids are allowed to shit in the street. I think if there was like a like a law for public defecation that children should be allowed to shit wherever the fuck they want because by the sounds of things here everyone is just doing it anyway like that fucking ollie kid that shat his jaws and wiped on a batman glove which is pretty savage that'll probably stay with me for a while so this is from ben forzani my old friend this is jokes this is some jokes which is nice what's pink and got cobwebs oh Maddie McCann's push bike. <laughs> oh, oh my god. Remember this is from Ben and not me. What's the worst thing about licking a bald pussy? Putting the nappy back on afterwards. <laughs> Enjoy. Many thanks, Ben. Many thanks, Ben. Um, this is from Darren Golding at Jippo on uh, on on the gram. So, a few years ago, I went to Deck Mantel Festival in Amsterdam, nice, and I did excessive amounts of MDMA. 
For some reason, my mates all thought it was a good idea to leave their possessions with me. I go missing at some point, and whilst they're looking for me, they spot my leopard print backpack on the floor with all their stuff inside. Whilst that's happening, I find myself waking up in the forest a 20-minute walk from the festival with one leg of my harem pants missing. How do you lose a leg of a trouser? So I decide to go back to my cabin instead of the festival, but now my stomach and ass want to let loose. I'm barefoot, clenching and power walking. Shit's coming. Nothing is stopping it. Coming down the leg that's... Oh, coming down the leg that's missing it, so no cloth to soak it up. Fuck, so you're actually shitting your, you shit your leg at this point. Fuck, someone's in my cabin. Straight into the toilet. It's like heaven. Now I've got to get rid of the evidence, so I bundle up the shit-covered harem pants into a ball open up the tiny toilet window and fuck it as far as I can, landing on another cabin. At this point, I really don't care. I've got away with it so no one saw. Fucking brilliant. However, two days later, I'm wearing that leopard print backpack walking through Amsterdam and I hear these two dudes gasp and say, Oi, that's the fella from the other day. Still to this day, I have no memory of what I did to get that reaction or how I ended up in the forest. That's fucking astonishing. I can. You should have just straight up said. I thought. I thought that's where it was gonna go. That you threw your fucking trousers onto that cabin, and realised like your wallet and ID and shit was in it, and someone had to post it back to you with your shitty drawers. That would have been good. Um. Okay. Here's a rumor for the podcast. This came to me from Alex Jones. From Shade Kagan. COVID-19 is a bioweapon by the Chinese to destabilise US and European economies. Harnessed from DNA from homosexual frogs imported from the US. I don't know anything about that. But if anyone wants to do any extracurricular research into gay frogs causing... Gay frog DNA, sorry. Causing coronavirus please do let me know. So here's a joke from Archie Robinson. Fuck me. This is long. If this ain't funny, Archie, I'm coming for you. Two prawns were swimming around in the sea one day. The first one was called Justin and the second one was called Christian. They were constantly being chased and threatened by sharks that inhabited the area. Eventually, Justin had had enough. He said to Christian, I'm fed up of being a prawn. I wish I was a shark, and I wouldn't have to worry about being eaten all the time. As he said this, a large mysterious cod appeared and said, Your wish is granted. And believe it or not, with that, Justin turned into a fearsome shark. Christian was horrified and so immediately swam away, as he was scared of being eaten by his old friend. As time went by, Justin found his new life as a shark to be boring and lonely. None of his old friends would let him get near as they thought he'd eat them, and so they just swam away whenever he approached. It took a while, but eventually Justin realised that his new menacing appearance was the cause of his sad plight. One day, he was swimming all alone, as usual, when he saw the mysterious cod again. He thought it'd be better if he could just go back to his old life, so he swam to the cod and begged to be changed back. The cod worked his magic, and suddenly Justin was a prawn once more. With tears of joy streaming down his cheeks, Justin swam straight to Christian's home. As he opened the coral gate, the happy memories came flooding back. He banged on the door and shouted, Christian, it's me, Justin, your old friend. Come out and see me again. 
Christian replied, no way. You're a shark now and you'll just eat me. I'm not being tricked into being your dinner. Justin shouted back, no, I'm not a shark anymore. That was the old me. I've changed. I found cod. I'm a prawn again, Christian. <laughs> Fucking hell. Okay, I laughed when I read that. The punchline is, I've found cod. <laughs> I'm a prawn again, Christian. <laughs> okay, that's one of my favourite jokes I've ever heard. Well done. Fucking hell. How have I not heard that? So, um, this is from my friend Stephanos. What's up, Steph? Uh, I've done shitloads of tattoos on him. Very nice man. Very nice man. Moved to Liverpool, unfortunately. Now he's back in London, which is even more unfortunate for him. So anyway, hey Will, check this out, man. True story, 2013, when I moved to London from Cyprus. First time I knew English, but some words, no. So me and Victoria, I should read this in a Cypriot accent, but I can't do it. Me and Victoria were living in a share house with three other nurses. One of the nurses said to us that on Saturday, her boyfriend was coming to stay with her. So Saturday, the only thing we were hearing all day, me and Vic, was her laughing in her bedroom all day long. Around six or seven, we were down to the kitchen to cook something. She came down as well as the guy and she said to us, hello guys, this is my boyfriend, he is deaf. And I said, hi, hi deaf, nice to meet you, I'm Steph. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, I hope that now, after seven years of living in England, you know that Def is not a, a, a British name. Fucking hell. Maybe you could lip-read. He was probably really offended. So, oh, fucking hell. This is Will Jordan, my boy. At Will Jordan 93 on the gram. It's, it's some jokes. Um... What? Oh, my God. Will. Right, woman gives birth to a baby. I had to vet this one. You're not going to like it. Pre-warning, ladies. And probably most men. Woman gives birth to a baby. Doctor takes the baby and throws it, smashing it around the hospital room, drop-kicking it, etc. Mother starts screaming, being held back by the nurses, begging, Why? Doctor holds the baby upside down by the ankle and says, I'm just fucking with you, it was born dead. <laughs> Oh, I'm just going to read these next two real quick. Uh, oh, it just says, also, I want to hear you talk about everything you know about the rumour that Stanley Kubrick directed the moon landing. Also, the rumour that Stevie Wonder isn't actually blind and he's just fucking with us. So, the Stanley Kubrick thing is is like a pop culture myth, right? I don't believe they landed on the moon, no. It's bullshit. It's fucking dog shit. Fuck you, America. 2024 Artemis Project, NASA. If you can do it again, I will eat my entire podcast gear. I will eat the microphone, all the wiring, the metal fucking casing of my audio interface. That's how certain I am. You will not go back to the moon in 2024. And if you don't, I bet you they blame coronavirus. Secondly, the Stevie Wonder not being blind thing is quite... I wouldn't, I wouldn't really say it's a fucking rumour. I'm just saying I've never heard Stevie Wonder saying to anyone he's blind. Granted, he wears a shitload of tinted lenses, 
and does move his head like a blind man. But you can't assume these days. And maybe it just becomes such an assumption that everyone was like, wow, have you heard that fucking pianist that is blind? And everyone was like, no, who? And then like Stevie Wonder, now it's just a fucking thing. So yeah, fair play. And the third message from Will says, also, why don't you tell the poppers story? Don't think we've covered that. So basically, Will and my friend Moose, who are like the fucking dream team if you want to get fucking drunk, but also a nightmare if you don't want to get drunk, uh, were both at my house simultaneously one time a couple of years ago. And we were doing beer bongs, but with um, quadruple gin, a tonic, and a double vodka in it. So it had like six shots of alcohol, a tiny bit of tonic water, and then we crushed up a fucking Xanax in it as well. And we were all fucked up, yeah. And we went to dinner, like at this fucking place called Hope and Ruin in Brighton. It's like a hot dog, a vegan hot dog place. So we go there for dinner. Will is getting increasingly sloppy as we're eating dinner, right? So me and Moose are pissing ourselves. Then we're on the way back and Will's like, yo, I want to get some poppers. And me and Moose are like, nah, that's a bad idea, man. So Will's knocking all the shops on the way up from Hope and Ruin to my house. I used to live up by Brighton Station and it's like one road. And he's knocking like Chinese supermarkets. He's knocking fucking, he's going in like everywhere. Everyone that's walking by, oh, you've got any poppers? Have you got any poppers? And everyone's like looking at him like, no. It's fucking like, probably like a Wednesday night or something. Then there's a barber shop in Brighton up near the station. And it's like the one black barbers in Brighton. And it's like all the dudes hang out there after hours. It's like a proper chill spot. And everyone gets their fucking trims done till like God knows the clock. So he knocks on the fucking door of this barber shop. And me and Moose are like, nah. So we carried on walking. And the barber shop was locked from the inside. And there was like 20 dudes in there. And one man cutting hair. The dude stopped fucking trimming. Comes over to unlock the door. Opens it and Will's just like, you got any poppers, mate? And yeah, I've never been more like, I don't know this person in my life than then. That was fun. So, oh, we got fucking Lee Thompson. Um, Yo, Will, it's your boy. I fucking, I love Lee, by the way. He's an absolute Don. Sick tattoo as well. Lord Seabrook on, uh, actually, has he changed it? On the gram, if you want to get tattoos and you're based up Luton way, it's uh, Lord underscore Seabrook. And he, he's in Watford. He does some fucking banging Neo-Trad tattoos. So anyway, yo, Will, it's your boy. I give you permission to tell any funny story you have about me. Like when I met your dad. <laughs> oh, fuck. When you tried to get me to fight that guy outside Idle Hands. Anything you can think of. So... Anything I can think of. He's just given me two good stories. So Lee did a guest spot when I used to work in North London. And I was staying at my parents' house at the time. And my dad's Scottish. And Lee comes in. I can't even really fucking remember what happened. Lee meets my dad in the morning and is speaking. And he said that he's like, oh, you're not English or something to my dad. And my dad's like, nah. And Lee's like, yeah, I love Welsh people. As a joke goes completely over my dad's head and he's like no I'm Scottish and Lee's like oh I thought, I thought he was Welsh and he just carries it on so that was interesting then 
we went to idle hands right me and alfie from earlier was in this story as well it was alfie's birthday and we went to idle hands up by brighton station to get some hot dogs fucking sick food if you're vegan and well even if you're not a vegan idle hands bangs but it's closed now because of corona corona 2020 so there was this dude up in there just fucking sniffed out his nut right like proper fucking gone and me and alf and lee were outside because it was like rammed inside and it was quite a warm night. This dude comes out here and he's like looking at Alfie and he's looking at Lee and he's like, you two are big boys, isn't you? And Lee's like, all right. Lee doesn't drink, by the way. Lee's fucking straight edge. So he's like fully compass mentis at this point. And um, dude's like, yeah, you're, you're fucking, you're a big boy. He's like, just, just punch me in the face. And Lee's like, what? <laughs> and I'm like, mate, do not punch this man in the fucking face because it's going to kick off and apparently the staff had said earlier this dude was fucking he's not getting served anymore he's just being a dickhead and he was just going around looking for people to punch him in the face like big guys and he just kept begging lee to just punch him in the face as hard as he fucking could right so i'm like lee man you should just bang him one and see what happens and uh lee fucking puts it out because he's a fucking witty another story about lee actually was on a stag do we went to um went to fucking center parks and we were me and andy from earlier that fucked peter rabbit's head um were fucked up on zans and drank loads of beers and because lee straight edge and our friend ryan was there as well and he doesn't drink them two were fully normal we go to the pool and we uh had a competition to see like who could do the most fucked up shit down the water slides bear in mind center parks is full of kids and like elderly people and Lee just set the bar by fucking taking his swimming shorts off, full dick swanging, and just jumps down the water slide and takes his shorts with him. And the two, like, elderly people at the bottom of the pool are like, did you just come down that naked? And, like, Lee's, like, not hard to miss. He's, like, fucking covered in tattoos, like, big fucking hairy fucking dude. And he's like, no. And they're like, oh, it would have been funny if you did, though. And he's like, yeah, actually I did. And then no one else got their dick out at Santa Parts because there was a lot of children around. Although I got my dick out in the cabin all the time, actually, because Andy was fascinated by it. So, this is from Will Hunter. It's just titled, For Your Podcasts, like for your, for your health. Went out to the pub to pick up years ago. Then on the way back, Tommy was feeling funny and did a fart. And then, boom, boxes full of loose shit. <laughs> Whacked them off super quick. And use the clean areas left and some leaves to the clean mate, that's a fucking smart idea. No one's ever cleaned their ass with their shitty boxes. And more people need to do that. Anyway, whack them off super quick and use the clean areas left and some leaves to clean up, and then trousers back on and back into the pub. I went in like nothing had happened. Left the shit covered boxes in a bush that I hid behind to clean them up. Second one's even worse. Oh, that's the whole story. I mean, well you shut yourself, mate. Well done. Second one's even worse. Was walking to the pub, in brackets, also after picking up, which is weird, is making this a weird link. Maybe, maybe, you should stop doing drugs. Just a thought. With a dodgy tummy. Knew I needed to go, so started walking fast to get to the pub slash toilet and couldn't make it. Had to run round this wall and drop the trousers to let it out and use some leafs. Turned out it was the bricked ramp entrance to an old people's living building 
Fucking hell, I saw it had been blasted when next walked by it. I covered it with leaves when I left. I couldn't hold it. Mate, you haven't got to explain yourself. I like that you're... You're like making it acceptable that you shat on a wheelchair ramp. Um, these were years ago. The even worse one was only last year and it's too raw to share yet. <laughs> I had to hold it. Enough said. Well, Will, when you're ready to share your rawest memory, let me know. So I've now got one of my best fucking friends in the world, Maxine, who is... If you've not met Maxine, it's like she's like a fucking walking disaster, but everything seems to somehow always end up okay with her, and she's fucking funny. So, she just texted me and said, I've got a story for your podcast. Like the time I was so constipated after I gave birth, that when I actually finally took a dump, it was easily the girth of a Coke can and twice the length. That's basically just a Pringle stew, mate. For days leading up to it, I legit had little pebbles of shit just falling out my asshole in the lead up. It was a madness, worse than childbirth. So if I've got any women on here who have children, and you've also done a shit the size of a Pringles can, can you uh, can you confirm what's worse, please? So I've now I'm now ending on two jokes. One is from my friend Sam Carter, who is at Sam Architects on Instagram he sings in a uh, like a like a pop punk emo band <laughs> and they do mainly like uh, covers of old MCR stuff and that but they're alright um, what do you call Batman running away from a church Christian Bale fucking hell Sam uh, the next and final joke, which I actually have read already because it's via text message from my friend Craig Reynolds, who is at Rainlord on the gram, who plays drums for a New York hardcore band called Straight From The Path, who are good, you should check them out. Did a podcast with him before. Uh, also, Craig, you need to text me back if you hear this before you've texted me back. So... This is Craig's joke. I've got to say the, uh, the 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 punchline in an accent, so I'm sorry if this is like slightly culturally insensitive to Italian people. But what do you call an Italian with a rubber toe? Roberto, which is good. Well done. Fucking uh, ended that on a low, didn't you, Craig? You fucking bastard. So anyway, it's been 55 fucking minutes, man. I, um, this is day one of, U well, it's actually day two of UK, UK lockdown. Not allowed to do shit. Can't leave the fucking house. I've got no sex drive, so I'm not even going to be wanking it during this period. So I'm just going to look at the ceiling. I hope whatever you guys are doing is fun. But realistically, I've just had an hour's worth of stories that's kept me entertained and hopefully you guys entertained within one day of asking. So I might do every sort of three to four days, just release another few stories because that's all the ones I've got for now. But if you've got stories, go to my shop page, which is at Beacon of Hope, tattoo, I think. Let me double check. On on the gram, 
It's uh, fucking hell. Yeah, Beacon of Hope Tattoo. And if you click the link, the button that says contact, it will go immediately to the email. Email me your funniest stories, your favorite jokes, stories about you shitting yourself, your friends shitting themselves, or just random fucking shit you've heard from when you were a kid. Like the biggest crackheads in your town and what they did and where they came from. I've got a few of them, actually. I'll talk about them on the next episode. Actually, that'll be the next episode. We'll talk about local crackheads. So, thanks for listening. And have a lovely, whatever this is, end of the world. And I'll hear from you soon. Thanks. (laughs)